anything that someone else is putting on you is only a reflection of them and what they deem possible for themselves. And so if they call you bossy or whatever, it's just their projection that they don't feel confident enough to speak their needs. And Mm -hmm. so once you can detach from what they're saying about you and like dismiss it, then you can see what it's really all about. That is like so powerful for girls to get. I wish I had gotten this stuff. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, I had the great opportunity of interviewing Jill Stanton. She's the creator of Millionaire Girls Club, where she hosts ultra luxe retreats for women entrepreneurs who are making $1 million plus million and are craving wild expansion and deep connection with other powerful women. When she's not CEOing, she can be found hanging with her husband, Josh, and their little guy, Kai, at their home in the Cayman Islands. So this was such a powerful episode. Jill is such a freaking powerhouse. You guys are going to love everything that she shares about owning your worth, investing in yourselves. Uh, We really take it back to childhood and the money messaging that we received and how we just need to transform that once and for all. This conversation was healing. It was amazing. Um, We did drop more than a few F-bombs. So if you've got children with you, if you're in the car, if you're in the house listening with them, this would definitely not be the episode for them. Um, But otherwise, you are going to love it. By all means, take a screenshot of this episode and let me and Jill know. Let us know on Instagram. What was your biggest takeaway? I'm at Girl Life Empowerment. Jill is at Millionaire Girls Club, and uh, we can't wait to hear uh, what you get from this episode. Without further ado, enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jill. I am so excited to have you here. Me too. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's my pleasure. So I feel like we have so much to talk about, but I'm going to start by asking you this question that we ask all of our guests, because we are all about empowering women to empower girls. And I feel like sometimes we need to go into our own childhoods to really understand who we are right now. So what I would love to know is if you had the opportunity, what would you say to your eight-year-old self? Oh man, I'm so glad we're starting here because I I really had a rough go with female friendships for about 10 years and it has shaped everything that I am now. So I am so happy for this conversation today. What I would tell eight-year-old me is this is all happening for you. Ooh, that's so good. Absolutely. I wish I had known that because I had eight, no, 10 really like scary, just stressful years with chicks. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to hear that. And and that type of narrative, it really upsets me. I know it to be true because mm-hmm. I had the same experience, but like, why is it with girls where we talk about things like cattiness or like the girls weren't nice or they bullied? Like what, how do we change all this? Like, how do we change this narrative? Um, I'm a big believer. It starts with parenting mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. And I think just like, honestly, if we think back to when we were all kids, like Did our parents know about like consciousness and self-awareness and like maybe some of them, but they were probably labeled hippies, right? And now it's just like, that's what you need to do to be successful. Like you need to work on yourself. You need to understand your emotions and your thoughts. And so I understand that maybe just back then, like I'm talking the eighties guys, (laughs) 
right? No social media, no real consciousness around like how to raise resilient kids that are kind to each other, right? It was just always taught that girls are meant to be pretty and, you know, they are catty and they'll talk behind your back and they'll do mean things. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, but I, I really believe that is changing. Obviously it still very much exists. And with social media, I think it's even worse. I was just at a, an event Stop me if I'm about to go on a tangent, but oh, I just oh, get very passionate tangent. about this yeah, stuff because yeah, it really impacted my life so in such a massive way. And it's only recently that I have the awareness and the realization why it had to happen. But I was just at a Grant Cardone mastermind over the weekend, and I was sitting with these two dudes, Joe Jonas from Life Surgeon, Nick Unsworth from Life on Fire, and they both have daughters, and they were just sharing. Um, you know, some of the things their daughters are going through. And I had said, you know, the best thing you can do for them is sit them down and make them realize that this is not about them. And it is solely about the girls who are doing, you know, the cattiness or the attacking or the betrayal or the lies or whatever, the posting, whatever it is. It's not about them. It is absolutely about those other girls and how they feel about themselves and what they've been taught. Mm. And if I could like, ever tell myself that like, none of this is about you. It's all about these other girls. And this is actually a sign that they're hurting and we need to like love on them and show them compassion. Even if, you know, in my case, I was like barricaded in my car by 40 chicks. So like, I don't know. I don't really know how you love on someone in that that scenario, but um, you know, if I could, anything I can do to support girls who are going through that kind of stuff. And so that's what I was saying to those two dudes, because, you know, those guys, dudes don't deal with this stuff, you know, like they don't deal with the psychological warfare (laughs) that a lot of girls go through. Um, And so we had a great conversation around that. Yeah, no, that's really good. And what's such a wisdom bomb coming from you because they don't know, you know, they don't know because they haven't experienced it, but I love what you said, how we bring it back to parenting. Like, as women, if we're going around gossiping and our kids are hearing us on the phone and they're witnessing our female friendships, right? Quote unquote Mm -hmm. friendships, and they're not quality. And we're not, you know, we're not loving on each other. In fact, we're Mm -hmm. doing the opposite when they're not present, they're picking up on that. So I think that it's really cool that you said that. Now, I love that you said it's all working for you. Would you have listened? Mm -hmm. Like if someone came and said to you, Hey, Jill, it's, it's all working for you. Like all this shit mm. is actually working for you. I'm curious Would like, do you think eight or nine-year-old Jill would have been like, Hmm, tell me more about that. Like, I, w- I definitely would have needed some explanation <laughs> <laughs> because I, in my head, I'm like, I'm terrified <laughs> and I'm so alone, you know? So I learned very early on that girls will either attack you or abandon you. Those are my two experiences. And so I would have loved to know that, but I would have needed some context for sure. Cause I'd be like, right now I'm just scared. Right. right? And just so alone. Um, but I've done a, like probably could do more, but I've done some decent like inner child stuff. And I picture myself back with her and be like, oh man, it, if you could only see, you know, 32 years in the future. <laughs> Right. Where you've got some really good women surrounding you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also I'd, I had to do a lot of healing for that to come into my life. You know, like I really intentionally built strong friendships and really had to do a lot of my own understanding around like, why am I triggered by this? Or like, you know, why am I worried that she'll do this or that or whatever it is, you know? So I think a lot of it starts with our own healing and our own self-awareness and then just loving on, you know, 
the littler versions of ourselves who might've internalized certain beliefs that no longer have to be true. I love it. No, they no longer have to be true. And that's really the key. So amazing, amazing, amazing. And while we're talking about being a young girl, I kind of want to go into, because I've, I've followed your career. I love everything you do. I love when you talk about money, right? And in the work that we do here with Girl Life, it's like, we want to start girls off strong. And we notice the messages that are going on around them. I remember when I was growing up, honestly, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, Melody, um, you should marry rich. You should totally marry rich. Like what, what is the messaging that someone is giving me when they tell me to marry Mm -hmm. rich as like a nine or 10 or a 12 or a 15 year old girl, the messaging is, well, you're never going to make it on your own. So you're going to have to marry somebody else. So somebody, a man who's going to come in, sweep you off your feet, take care of you. And the messaging is just so counterintuitive. Mm. Can you think of some other like things that we've been fed as girls, perhaps that have kind of like stunted our growth when it comes to earning what we're worth? Oh, I think just always the like pre or the ingrained notion that men will always earn more than us Ugh. or that like, if we assert ourselves, it's bossy or bitchy, yes. like, no, bro, you're in your power. Mm. You know, like you're just speaking your needs. Right. I've really noticed that. Cause I was told I was bossy, like my whole life. And maybe I was, because I was very like, I think with a lot of, it's almost like the pendulum swung for me <laughs> because I had all these like quite triggering scenarios with girls that then I just, and I never stood up for myself Mm. ever. I was way too scared because I was outnumbered. Right. And my girlfriends never stood up for me, obviously, because they were scared too. Like now in hindsight, I'm like, I understand why you didn't stand up for me because that is a terrifying situation. You know, having a bunch of chicks around you, who's going to even open their mouth. Right. And so from, I never stuck up for myself. So then the pendulum swung and I was like ultra combative Mm. and ultra like quote unquote bossy, which really wasn't bossy. Now that I look at it, it was just me standing up for myself. Finally, finally asserting myself, finally saying what I wanted, finally speaking my needs, finally standing in my power, you know, and I think I let other people's labels. Um, I internalize them as truth, Mm -hmm. but no one else's labels, judgments, opinions, any of perspectives on you has to be true. Like it's only true if you decide that it's true about you and you can just as easily, like, obviously this takes some inner work and at eight or 10 or 14, I don't know if you have this level of self-awareness, but you know, just realizing that anything that someone else is putting on you is only a reflection of them and what they deem possible for themselves. And so if they call you bossy or whatever, it's just their projection that they don't feel confident enough to speak their needs. And Mm -hmm. so once you can detach from what they're saying about you and like dismiss it, then you can see what it's really all about. Yeah. I think that is like so powerful for girls to get. I wish I had gotten this stuff, right? Like, I mean, Shit. (laughs) You and I both do the work that we do because we're changing it. This is our time to change it up, right? For our children. And even, I know you have a son, but like Mm. even changing that narrative for boys, like exposing them to messages of powerful women and, you know, talking to them about this idea. Like you just said, you were called bossy your whole life. You Mm -hmm. were probably just being a freaking badass leader, right? And if you were a boy, they'd call you a leader. But because you were a girl, they labeled you as bossy. 
So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, like, where is it all coming from? So yeah, like that messaging that we get as young people is everything because we make it our own and then it becomes so hard to release ourselves from those limitations, you know, 110%. I think I'm just grateful. My son will see it modeled versus me just constantly having to tell him it's all he'll, it's all he'll know. Yes. You know, is my mom is a powerful ass chick. (laughs) I love that. I love to hear you claiming that. That's so, so good. Um, So, so this kind of brings me to what you do. I want you to tell us a little bit about million, the millionaire girl club, millionaires, millionaire, millionaire girls club, million. Okay. You said it. millionaire girls club, MGC. (laughs) I love it. MGC. Tell us about it. Tell us what you're Mm. doing. Tell us where it started. It's all so exciting. I had the idea for it back in 2019. And now I'm sure you guys can see why I didn't pull the trigger on it right away. (laughs) (laughs) So Millionaire Girls Club is luxury retreats for women at a million plus. That's a powerful group of women, Mm. right? I had that notion or that idea, that vision for it in 2019 on the back of a scooter while in Bali, while my husband and I were on our way to a co-working space and I was reading a book called The Happy Pocket Full of Money. And it just like, it's such a life shifter of a book. And the, it just came to me. And I said to my husband, like, I'm going to start running luxury retreats for women at like a million plus, I think. And I'm going to call it Millionaire Girls Club. And he's like, I love the sound of this. When are you going to do it? And I was like, I don't know, like probably never <laughs> because, <laughs> because no, that's like way too unsafe for me. Um, and I honestly sat on it. I did nothing with the, I was, I wasn't ready for it yet. I was too intimidated by the, by the vision of it. And I sat on it for nearly two years, but I could not shake it. Like I could not shake it until the end of 2020 when I was just like, fuck it. I can't, I can't forget about it. Like it's here for a reason. I'm just going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to fill these retreats, but I just want to do it. And so I finally just started talking about it in early 2021. I started doing some coaching with some epic women and then slowly, but surely started doing some like mixers to bring chicks together. And then I started talking about my retreats and slowly, but surely just like in the most beautiful aligned magical way, 14 of the most epic women found their way into my world. What's, what's the coolest part about it is I think directly me directly only, excuse me, only filled about three spots. The other 11 found their way into my world somehow. They had either heard about it. They found me on IG. They heard about it through someone who had heard about it. Like it just happened. And it's so funny because right, like closer to the event, I was kind of like sitting in my resistance still (laughs) and saying to my husband, like, you know, I just don't, I think I'm just going to do this one. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing them. Like it's kind of been really hard to fill it. And like this whole business feels hard. And he just looked at me, we're in the car and he looked at me, he's like, has it been hard? (laughs) Because it seems as though people are just reaching out to come to it. And I was like, huh, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) It's the easiest thing I've ever done. And I think I just couldn't see it because I was so subscribed to the idea that it had to be challenging because I'm serving, you know, I'm I'm wading into like this massive amount of uncertainty (laughs) and unknown and like putting myself in the ring with like, you know, 
just powerful women. And I just, I think I was trying to talk myself out of it subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And then I ran the first one. I, was, I can't, I was like trying to describe what a firework is. <laughs> like it was the most expansive, bright, exciting, fun, playful, easy, effortless, healing, intentional, aligned things I've ever done. I couldn't unsee it. Like on day five, I just bawled my eyes. I bawled my eyes out so many times on that (laughs) because I was just like, I had, I was experiencing the exact opposite of everything I had attributed to women. And all of a sudden I would just had the most like epic five days with the most generous, kind, empowered, Mm. supportive, confident, funny, wildly successful, big dreaming, rule breaking women. And it was just like, I finally had a moment to let it soak in. And I just like broke down and I was like, ding, that story for me is over. I've healed that now. And once I saw that, once I experienced that, I I couldn't unsee it. Like I came home and my husband and I have a business together. And I swear to God, going back into that business right after being an MGC and like the magic that is that little portal we created, um, it was like the darkest two months of my life because I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I only want to do MGC. Um, and so it was like, I'm so grateful to have such a supportive hubby because he finally looked at me. as like, I think you need to get out of the business like yesterday and start just doing MGC. It's clearly what you want to do. You love it. It's working for you. Just go to, I've got this, like, go do it. Mm. And that was like the greatest gift he's ever given me because I was just like, Sweet. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out next week. <laughs> I love it. Take oh all my, my stuff. God. Assign I, my role to someone else. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> there's so, so much here. Like you've given us so much. Like the first thing I want everyone who's listening to hear is that like you can do work in the world that adds value to the planet and that feels so freaking good. Mm. It feels so good. Like you were so nervous about it and then you went into it and then you were like, holy shit. Like, Mm. and it wasn't just for those women, right? Like that was the gift that you gave to yourself by showing Mm -hmm. up by like, you know, feeling the fear and doing the thing anyways, because look what was on the other side of that, which is so special. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have so many women in our community who want to do things like we pull them. I, I know our audience intimately and they have so much on their hearts, so many dreams, Mm but there's such this huge level of imposter syndrome. Like, who am Mm -hmm. I to do this? How do I step in? Like, why me? And, you know, I'd love to know your take on that. And what did it take for you? Cause you just so beautifully shared with us how scary it was. Mm -hmm. Um, It took a lot of courage, really. That's really like the only thing it took identifying um, a great, a, a badass team member that I could work with. So I have, the ace up my sleeve is my retreat planner. Her and I, we've run a couple events together, just like with my husband and my business, like screw the nine to five slash wealthy course creator. Um, we ran events with Christy before. And the second I knew I was going to do MGC, I reached out to her immediately. And I was like, would you want to do this with me? And she's like, this is all I want to do. <laughs> so, um, I mean, she has other clients, but you know what I mean? This was her jam. And so once I had her up my sleeve, like I was like, sweet. Now I just fill. She like plans and orchestrates and does all the things. She's ops. And I'm like the promoter. I'm the one who fills it. I'm the one I'm like, 
I draw people in and she helps give them an epic experience. So that was a huge part of it. Identifying someone who could, who could help me bring my vision to life. That was number one. Um, number two was absolutely courage (laughs) and like, just saying to myself, like, okay, fuck it. Yes. You're scared, but like, you can't shake it. So what else are you going to do? Like, just sit here and be miserable because you're like too scared to get into the ring. Like that's dumb. You've been in entrepreneurship for like 10 years, shut the fuck up and do it, you know? And then third was just putting myself out there. Yeah, I get it. Imposter syndrome, a hundred percent. Like we all go through it. It never gets easier. Also PS, just so everyone listening, it never gets easier. You get better at navigating it. So just know it's always going to be there. Every new level is going to have some element of you know, feeling like imposter or feeling like a fraud or feeling like you're not ready or feeling like you're not good enough or feeling like you're not there yet. Like even at the Cardone mastermind, I was just at, I was easily the poorest and dumbest person in that room. (laughs) I highly doubt it, but I love you for saying, no, I, I absolutely. Well, at least I was the poorest person in the room because I was surrounded by some of the biggest visionaries I've ever witnessed. Um, And like, I'm happy to be the poorest person in the world. Those people help me think so much bigger, you know, like even in two days, I was like, damn, these guys are doing like big things. And not just dudes. Like also there was a whole nine women there. (laughs) Nine women um, and any men. I'm so curious. 42. Something like that. I think that's the, about the split, like at least from my rough count of the women, I think there was about nine there um, because I obviously wanted to talk to as many as I could. So Yeah. I think it's just like, just realizing that no matter what, you're always going to feel some level of discomfort and not signing a negative meaning to discomfort. And in fact, realizing that discomfort is growth. And if you want to expand your ability to have and do and experience everything you say you want, then you absolutely have to expand your capacity to navigate discomfort. Like it just has to happen because no one creates good shit from sitting on the sidelines. Actually, I want to share this. I don't know. I hope, I promise I won't be long trying to find the quote, but Grant Cardone just dropped so many gems that I was like furiously taking notes. He said, if you think you can say small, it will be your downfall. There's no one who stayed small that is doing big things and changing the world. That was the first thing he said. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be a good session, right? Like he's just such a big thinker. Um, Yeah, it's just like, And this was another one. Whatever you resist or resent is an indication of what you should be doing. Going right in the direction of that fear, like letting it be. Just leaning all the way in. It's obviously there for a reason, right? It's just us who internalize or assign it a negative meaning. Yeah. We make it mean, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Right. Whereas like, maybe it's exactly what you should be doing. So not to keep name dropping by any means, but it's relevant to the story. So I was also at a Tony Robbins mastermind, but back in 2021, cause I was in one of his affiliate promotions. Um, and I got to ask him a question and like, what am I thinking going in with a tactical question for Tony Robbins? I was like, <laughs> hello there. I was just wondering what are some tips and strategies you have for increasing engagement at events? What was I thinking asking that dumbass question to so t- you're in instantly a room with Tony Robbins? Like I would also be like, Oh my Lord, you know, like, but the fact that you got up and raised your hand is pretty exciting. Oh, uh, well, dude, it went months. instantly into the inner stuff. He was like, <laughs> you go first. Right. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you go first. You open up, you engage, you share the story, you show vulnerability. And I was like, 
Okay. So now that you say that, I realize that my question is actually rooted in an experience I had with women and just like tried to tell the cliff notes of like 10 plus years of strained relationships with women. And then he completely Tony Robbins me like, you were not bullied. You were cracked open. And I was like, okay, thank you, Mr. Robbins. And he's like, you have, he was like, you were cracked open so that the light can shine through. You had to go through this so that you can understand why they feel lonely, why they feel pushed aside, why they feel blah, 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 blah. Like I still listen to it. And I realized in that moment, now on the other side of running my first one, he was so right. Like it was my path all along. And it was almost like I had to go through just 10 years of like fear and feeling constantly on edge and like my nervous system out of whack to understand how lonely it can feel when you don't feel like you're a part of the group, quote unquote, or where you're not valued or where you're not welcomed, or you have people talk behind your back or abandon you or attack you or whatever. I get them. Yeah. I get it so deeply. I can empathize with that. And I know what we all want. We want those relationships that just crack your heart open in the best way and show you like how nourishing and healing powerful women friendships can be or powerful female friendships can be. That was my path all along. I was just too scared to see it because it was so rooted in wounds for me. Yeah. But those wounds were my deepest healing. I mean, look what you did. Like, let's just look at what you did, right? You went from being bullied. You share the story about being in the car and the girls and the cattiness and all of this, right? Fast forward. And now you were literally bringing women together to have powerful experiences, to claim their worth and to just go out there and be impactful. Like, look what you did. You took your, your greatest fear, your greatest, like, you know, that story and you completely transformed it. And now you're empowering the world with it. Like how freaking badass and cool is that? Right? I'm so grateful for the journey for sure. Like I'm so grateful. I've never been at a place where I could be grateful for the like that like decade long, long experience. I always tried to be, but I, it was never embodied. Right. You know, and now I'm like, no, I'm so deeply grateful for that totally. because I had to go through it. Yeah. Like I had to know what it feels like, you know? And it still shows up in my life. Like I've certainly overreacted to things that I either took the wrong way or like, you know, when we all think, oh my God, she didn't write me back for like a week. What, what does this mean? You know, like, are we not friends anymore? Like, it's so easy to jump to the triggers. Mm -hmm. So obviously I still have like a lot of healing to do, but at least the process has started now. It's amazing. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. And you literally changed your story and you needed that time to make that happen. So it's like, it's brilliant. And it's, it's all as it should be. Right. As you said, Mm -hmm. when we started, it's all working for you. And it, it did, it all worked for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about women and investing Mm -hmm. in themselves. So we have so many women in this community who are afraid to invest in themselves. They're afraid to sign up for the next program or the next course or hire a mentor, whatever it may be, to put themselves in rooms and circles where they can up-level, kind of like what you just did with Grant Cardone. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were a little bit nervous, right? But you Mm. said, yes, you went, when you get an invitation to do something like this, you show up, right? Yeah. And like you said, that discomfort is key. Like that's the direction of your growth. So talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about that and the importance of women taking a chance on themselves, betting on themselves 
investing in the same way that men do all the time in themselves without thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like dudes joyfully do it (laughs) because they feel like they deserve it. Mm. Women are like, do I deserve to spend this on myself? Like, am is, could I be using this money a, a better way, like a quote unquote smarter way? Like it's a ridiculous line of thinking, but I totally understand it because either one, we've had bad experiences and shitty coaching programs. And we assign that to all the experiences or two, we feel like we didn't, you know, quote unquote, get our value out of it because it didn't have like a tangible immediate impact. But I remember well, this is about my husband. I remember he invested in a coach back in, uh, what was this like 2018. And it was like at the time, I think it was like 12 grand or 10 grand or something like that for three months. Right. It was at that time for us, that was a big investment 10 G for three months. We were like, Oh shit. And he didn't get anything quote unquote tangible out of it. But as the time has gone on, we've been like, holy shit, that's a gymism, or that came from gym, or that came from gym, or that came from gym. Like, I remember specifically this one um, where his coach said, I think you need to change your brand name. And our brand at the time was called Screw the Nine to Five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a real fun name. Yeah. Oh, Screw the Nine to Five. But what else it is, is it's a, tr- a brand name that attracts people who are like, if my boss yells at me one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to quit my job and start my own business. Like we attracted a lot of people who weren't actually in the game. Now, granted, we had a lot of amazing clients who went on to do big things and, you know, were unicorns, but a lot of people didn't even like, it's almost like we had to believe in them more than they believed in themselves and like begged them to do something for themselves. Um, and so when Jim said that to Josh, like, I think you need to change your brand name. I was like, who does this guy? Well, like what, who does he even think he, like, does he even, we are screwed in that. Like I identified with a fucking brand, you know, like I was just like, that is who we are, Josh. And he was like, okay, we won't do it. But then he brought it back up to me in June, 2021, right after we had moved to the Cayman islands. And he's like, I think we need to change our brand name. I just can't shake it. I haven't been able to shake it since Jim told me three years ago. And I was like, what would we even call it? Like we are screw the nine to five, like what change it. That's like what our whole, everything is built off of our cred, all of that, our authority in this space. And he's like, I think we should change it to wealthy course creator. And I was like, I'm all in screw the nine to five is dead to me. That's a great name (laughs) because the second he said it, I was like, oh damn, that's like, I know I'm on a tangent and I've gone away from investing in ourselves, but it allowed us to upgrade our target market upgrade our customer, upgrade our program, update our price point, like all of that. And that one little thing came from when he was coaching with someone back in 2018, but we didn't actually execute on it until 2021. But it doesn't mean it didn't come directly from him. Like that 10 grand was worth millions to us. Totally. totally. You know what I mean? So even though there's a lag effect. Yeah. 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 No, I'm saying how cool that you can identify it to just be like, it was worth that investment. Like, you know, it's, it's constantly growing that investment. It's not just that one-time investment. It's forever. Like you're you're getting a return on investment. Absolutely. And I'm a, I'm a huge believer in investing in yourself. I'm a huge believer in coaches. Obviously we have uh, like one-on-one plus done for you agency hybrid kind of thing. I'm a huge believer in coaching. I feel like coaches help you help yourself. 
They help you raise your standards and step into your own power Mm -hmm. and become aware of the thoughts you're thinking and how that's making you feel, which is affecting your react, your actions and reactions. And then also your results, you know, like the ripple effect that comes from investing in yourself isn't always like immediately tangible. Right. And I think if you go into a program or a course or an event or a mastermind or a coaching experience looking for like some instantaneous payoff, like this quick ROI, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're, it's almost like you're immediately looking for it, how it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like this better work out. Cause I spent 10 grand, you know, like, bro, what if 10 grand was nothing? Right. Right. What if we started looking at like, <laughs> But this is how cheeky Grant Cardone is. He said, someone said like, um, what was it? They were like, yeah, but I spent 250 grand on that. And he's like, 250 grand. That's like, if I dropped a quarter, right? Like, what is that thinking? Like, I know that is like a certain scale, obviously, but how can you start to look at certain investments in yourself as like, oh, I dropped a quarter on the ground. Oh, 10 grand. That's like nothing. It's like pocket change to me or five grand. I got that pay in full. Like, how would you show up for yourself if you were like, done, I'm in, pay in full. I know this will give me something. Even if it's not immediate, even if it's not all this instant gratification, like look for the ripple effect. Look at how you do an identity upgrade. Look at for the way you think differently, how you show up differently, how you take more action or how you stand more in your power. Like it doesn't have to be directly related to like, you know, I increased my ROI by 1.9%, you know, like. How do you show up better because of the actions you took in service of your own growth? Right. That I think is one of the most powerful things you can do when investing in yourself and, and looking for the right coaches. Yes. And do your due diligence, like not just the people who preach a shiny ass lifestyle online, but are a mess behind the scenes. Like who has the business model, the customer base, the lifestyle, the relationships and the money that you want. Because you can make a lot of money, yeah. right? Like there's a dude that comes to mind who's like making a ton of money that I met at the retreat. Bro, he's miserable. He feels so trapped in it. You know, like he's making stupid money, like 30 million a year, right? Maybe that's not stupid to a lot of people. But like, to me, I'm like, shit, that's like a big upgrade. He was fucking miserable. He had no time. He was single. Like he's just not happy. Right. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, I don't want to work with someone like that who doesn't have a strong relationship, doesn't have a good lifestyle. Yes, he has money, but like, so money is so easy to make. There's so much of it in the world. Right. You know, look for the people who resonate with you on all the other facets of life as well. Yeah. And I just love that abundance mentality, right? Like just knowing there's more, there's always more, there's more where that came from. It's like the sun, it's like the ocean. It's like, there's more. And to not feel like it's this limited resource and have this chokehold, just like you said, a chokehold on the investment, it's making the investment, being abundant about it, knowing that the ROI is coming for years to come and just like going through the process and enjoying it. Um, And I also really have found out in my own program, it's like, I'll do free stuff and people won't show up. Right. But yes, they invest in one of my programs. All of a sudden they're like, okay, like, where's the homework? Where's like, how do I do this? How do I get on a call with you? When they pay for it, they start paying attention Mm -hmm. and they start transforming and they start like, you know, that's where, that's where it all comes from. So it's like making investments in yourself is a good thing. Right. A hundred percent. And the more they pay, the more they pay attention. Right. Right. Like 
if you have more skin in the game, so we're in a program that's 40 grand a year. We take a lot of action because of that. You know, like we show up to the calls, we talk with our coach, we get feedback. Like we're constantly like using it, getting our values worth. It's not like we're like, oh, 40 grand. Great. All right, here you go. Peace. You know, like it means something, you know? And also I would say that when you invest in yourself and it stretches you, I actually really believe that that's an act towards your higher self. Mm-hmm. because you have to calibrate to that, yeah. right? You have to become the version of you who makes those investments. It's not like something you do. It's who you be. Right. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. That level of like commitment to your own growth and your trust in yourself. Like you just, it's an initiation, man. Like you got to catch up to that. You know, I think it's one of the best things you could do for your own growth. Is to invest and make scary investments, you know, well thought out, but slightly uncomfortable investments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember I went to Tony Robbins in 2015. I went to date with destiny and it was a lot of money, you know, and I Mm -hmm. got platinum and the whatever. So we were in the front. Like I wanted to feel his energy. I wanted to like be the student that was like in the front row, like totally taking notes. And I was. And that literally changed my life. Like that's what started this mission that I have right now of girl life. And like it, you know, I had to do it. I had to do it. And when I did it, I rose to the occasion. I had to rise to the occasion. I made a commitment to myself. And when Tony Robbins says something, like you're going to do it, right? Just like Tony Robbins, you. So I love it. it. It's so good. And I also think when investing in yourself, and I said this to Josh, like, I'm going to the Cardone mastermind. I know there's going to be a lot of things thrown out, right? And so I need to have the awareness around like what resonates with me. So therefore we take action on and what can just be cut, right? And that same goes with coaches. Like what resonates with us? We're going to take that, right? Because we feel aligned with it and alignment is velocity. So I know that if I institute things or if I layer things in that are wildly aligned with us that came from someone else's idea, I'm like, great, let's layer that in. Absolutely. But something that just doesn't feel like us or doesn't just feels off, like it feels like we contract a little bit when thinking about it, like that just gets cut or put on the back burner from now for now, mm-hmm. or you find like your own version of it. Right. So my question to Grant was, you know, I have millionaire girls club. It's 15 grand for a retreat. And then there's the club level, which is like, once you come to a retreat, you're, inv- you're invited into the 12 month experience. The club level is 25 G for one retreat or 40 for two retreats. And I know that's going to go up, but I was saying to him, like, how do I hit my financial goals with a business that is essentially centered around small groups, mm-hmm. small numbers, mm-hmm. right? Because it's luxury retreats. And so you can only fit so many people on a yacht, right? And so certain things like I'm capped numbers wise, you can only fit so many people in a helicopter or whatever it is, you know, the crazy shit we do on these retreats. And so I have to have low numbers. I cap out at 22 people. So how do I continue to grow my revenue and my impact without sacrificing the vibe or, you know, running retreats all the damn time, which zaps the magic of it. And so his advice was, you need a, a good front end retreat or excuse me, a good, a big front end event. And I was like, okay, Uh, and he said, you're attributing quality to small numbers when really quality comes from quantity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's an interesting perspective. Um, I'm not going to do a big end, big front end event though, (laughs) because to me, that's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I know I'm not going to do that, but 
I took my version of that because then he took us out on this like super yacht that night. And I was like, this is my front end event. So like bigger mixers, which allow me to draw in maybe, you know, 40 to 50 chicks at a time. And then I can move them into retreats for the ones who feel aligned with it or looking for that kind of experience or looking for that kind of, you know, crew of women to hang with. That could be my like, quote unquote, bigger front end, um, bigger front end event. So I took his advice, but in a way that works for me. Right. You know what I mean? And I think when you're investing in mentors or coaching programs or whatnot, you have, you have to examine their feedback and view it through a lens of what feels aligned to you, what resonates with you and who you want to be and how you want to serve your clients and how you want to run your business. Because Grant does not have to run my business. Yeah. Right. And I know that at a certain point, I'm going to cap myself out. I can, I'll price myself out if I keep going up and up and up and up and up, right? There's only a certain amount of things I can do. Um, and so what does that look like for me to be able to like raise, grow my revenue, grow my impact, make more profit and create epic experiences so people would never want to leave. Mm -hmm. I take that advice and make it my own and I implement that and I just cut the rest. I love it. Yeah. Like it's like, take, just like you said, nobody knows your business the way that you know your business, mm-hmm. right? So you need to take the advice, but you need to personalize it. You need to make it work, yeah. for you, which is exactly yes. what you did. And I love that. I'm going to pivot for a second because I recall you sharing when you were starting MGC. I remember mm-hmm. you saying something along the lines of like, it was kind of really hard to separate from your husband and do something mm-hmm. different and do it on your own. And I remember resonating with that so much because my husband is not in my business, but I have to be honest with you. And I'm like totally being real right now. I preach empowerment. It's like, it's everything that, that means anything to me. And yet there is a big part of me that feels like, even though thankfully my business has been successful, Mm -hmm. I feel like when my husband comes into the business, when he takes, like right now we chat about things, he's also Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, but he's not in my business. And there is a very small part of me still that feels like when my husband comes into the business, it's going to freaking explode. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what the Mel, like, why, why do I have it that way? And so I'm interested in your story because you were working with your husband and Mm -hmm. then you were like, okay, but wait, I got to do this thing on my own. So Mm -hmm. talk to me about that. Yeah. I think because Josh and I built a business together for 10 years, like it was all I knew right before that I had a couple like attempts and I, at one point had a social media management service and that was going well, but like he was really honest. This sounds so lame, but I mean it like he was really my first mentor. Like he taught me the ropes, like how to write for the web an email list, social media or not social media, excuse me, SEO, mm-hmm. um, like all this stuff, how to find products to promote. Like we had an affiliate business before we started screw the nine to five and then wealthy course creator. Um, and so it was my crutch because it was so comfortable to me because we are exact opposites. Even on like Myers-Briggs, he's INTP, I'm ESFJ. Could not, like literal exact opposites. (laughs) Um, And like Enneagram, he's a five, the diplomat, I'm or the investigator or whatever it is. And I'm a challenger, I'm an eight. So we are so different. And he is so structured minded. Like he thinks in systems, he thinks in team meetings and structure and SOPs and logic and like all this shit. And so I made that mean since I do not think that way. The only way I can grow a successful business is with Josh because he thinks that way. Mm -hmm. He thinks in automation and strategy and team members and hiring and procedures and systems and accountability and KPIs and all the shit. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 
I want to do podcasts and like run events and talk to people, you know? So I made it mean that I could never run a successful business because I didn't think that way. So he was my crutch. Right. Right. And once I realized that, which has really only been in the last year or so, it's allowed me to challenge that belief and like, well, what if I could actually run a business my way and have it be wildly profitable? In fact, I think my business will be more profitable than Josh's, which is funny, even though it has like really hard costs because I run events Um, and it'll be leaner. It'll be, I think way more fun. (laughs) And so it opened my eyes because I'm like, oh, what if that was all just an excuse because I was too scared to trust myself because maybe I was also kind of intimidated by my own power. Like what if I just bet on myself? And was like, shit, let's see what I could do. Right. And so my first year running my first retreat and doing some coaching, like my business on my own without any of Josh's input did a quarter of a million. And I was like, oh shit, on my first year, I did that. And I was so proud of myself. And then that strengthened my resolve. And I'm like, well, damn, if I can do 250 on my first year, I could definitely do like, you know, 750 to a mil on my second year. And so now I've just got a bit more like self, not self-trust or self-belief, but just evidence. Right. Right. You know, not that you need evidence, but like I've now seen, oh, okay, this can work. Like I can do it my way. I don't have to be looking at a fucking spreadsheet all day. You know, like I don't need that. I can do it my way and create something that's unique in my own using my own strengths. And like, he's the first to say like, I could never run your business because it's just like too much peopling for him. Right. Um, right. But for but me, I'm just exactly like, what it's all about. Uh, you, right? Yeah. That's quite successful because that's what you do. You people and you do it so well. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Thank your you. superpower. So yeah. I love it. I so love for it. you, as you as if your hubby does come into your business, like two things I learned from or at least one major thing that I learned from running my business with my hubby or our business together, excuse me, for the last 10 years was like you you have to divide roles. Absolutely. Who has what in the business? Someone needs to be the face and someone needs to be the engine because it's really hard to do both in scale. I think at least, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't want to be the engine, the one who runs the ops and manages the team and all that. Like if that's not what you want to do, like you need someone in that position. And if your hubby likes that, then trust him to have that side. And like you detach from it and be like, no, I trust you fully. Like Mm -hmm. I trust Josh implicitly with that side. I would never even question. Well, I have questioned some decisions, but turns out I've always been wrong because it's not my strength. (laughs) It's his strength. (laughs) And so now that I know that I'm like, I trust your decisions. Like you don't even need to run it by me. I just absolutely trust that you're making the best move. And I know where your heart is and what your thinking is. And so divide roles and trust the other to have their side of things mm-hmm. that like, because for years we just butted heads trying to be the one, the guy who made the decision. And once we are like, no, that's miserable for us. Mm-hmm. You take this side. I'll take this side. I trust you implicitly go to your thing. You trust me implicitly. I'm going to go do my thing. Like that level of freedom and trust, I think really helps make it all easier as you are joining forces to build a business together. I love it. I love it so much. So much goodness. I appreciate it so much. This has been so good. I could speak to you for hours about this stuff. Um, the way that we usually end our podcast, I do like a little rapid fire situation, having absolutely nothing to do with what we just spoke about. So are okay. you you into it? Throwing a spanner in the mix. Let's do it. I hope I don't say too in- anything too inappropriate. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, all right. So the first thing I, f- I have a feeling I know who this is because of everything we just spoke about, but who is inspiring you now and why? 
Actually, you know, I, someone that I actually haven't even mentioned once, but yeah. there's this woman who coaches in this space. Her brand is called Alpha Femme, but okay. her name is Melanie Ann Lair. Okay. The things this chick has done, I'm just like, how the fuck does she? She doesn't even have a website. Like she's done it all through social media. She's made like over 40 million in four years. Like what? You know, like she just coaches at such a high level. Her coaching is like, from what I understand, like a quarter of a million a year. I am like mesmerized by her because I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that. Like I grew up in the world, grew up. I came up in the world of funnels and launches and like, she doesn't do any of that. So I am just so intrigued by her because she challenges all the like quote unquote rules in this space and does it her way and makes like F you money. So she inspires the shit out of me because what she does, alpha femme. femme. I need to check her out. Cause she's no amazing. launches, no funnels. I'd love to know. What just, it looks like. Well, she does launches, but she's not like, she doesn't like bring you. It's not like free challenges or free webinars or any of the like, three part video series. It's just like all done, done through social media. And then she just does these different programs. She cranks out all these different programs. Like you should check into her because I've never seen anyone build it this way. And mm-hmm. she just has all these different programs that she does. She's not known for one thing. It's like emotional intelligence, relationships, business, social media, money, like this, that, and everything, personal power. Um, and then coaching and masterminds and all this stuff. And she makes like, she's Oprah rich (laughs) and she did in such a short amount of time. I'm absolutely mystified. I'm totally going to check her out. I, I I'd love to know more about that. And it's really about putting ourselves in spaces with like, how cool is it that like, we can get on Instagram Mm -hmm. and be so freaking inspired in like two seconds. I love it. Yes. So check her out. Um, okay. What music are you listening to right now? Oh my gosh. Right now with just, I've, I've come out of like a really busy season as I've come into like my own business. And so I'm listening to like a ton of like, um, uh, what is it called? Like abundance frequencies or miracle frequencies right. or like yoga beats or um, one band I absolutely constantly have on replay is House of Shem. They're like this Kiwi reggae band. They're amazing. I don't even know if they have new stuff, but I just listened to their best of. Um, and then Sade lately. I'm mm. on such a Sade kick. I'm a Sade girl. Oh, mm. all, all the way through and through. I love it. So I'm going to check out House of Shem for sure. If Please. you could take a billboard out onto the world for all to see, what would it say? Oh, damn. Like a <laughs> caption or like selling something? No, like if there is a message that you have for the world, like this one message that you just, if you could scream it off of the rooftops, you would like, what do you want everyone to know? You create your reality. Mm, Beautiful. All day, every day. And I would tag it with like, your the level to which you claim your personal power is the level to which you will experience absolute magic in your life. Boom. So good. (laughs) So good. I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. Thank you for today. This was amazing. I want everyone to like, get in touch with you, find you, tell Mm -hmm. us where, where you're at, where are you hanging out? Easiest is on IG at the millionaire girls club. (laughs) Thank you for spelling (laughs) that out. That was good. Um, Amazing. You guys have to check out Jill. She's doing incredible things. And if you like, we just scratched the surface on this podcast episode, you were so generous with your information and with your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to have had you here. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. Pleasure. 
If you love what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. And I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you.